are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome everybody to another episode of Locked On Dolphins. Today is Friday, February 19th. I am your host, Kyle Krabs. Lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, director of scouting at thedraftnetwork.com, managing editor of USA Today's Dolphins Wire. And today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to builtbar.com and use promo code locked on, and you'll get 20% off your next order of delicious protein bar goodness. So if you listen to yesterday's show, uh, you're welcome. Within two hours of dropping yesterday's podcast, in which I went on this big uh, galaxy brain level rant talking about why every Dolphins fan needed to root for the Philadelphia Eagles to trade Carson Wentz, Carson Wentz was traded to the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, This is a win for the Dolphins as another quarterback hungry team uh, enters the fray of the top eight of the draft order, so the Dolphins, as they continue to weigh out their options, if trading back is at the top of their list as it is on the top of my list, you will now have an opportunity uh, to get quarterback-hungry teams to bid against each other uh, in a range in which you are comfortable with leaving players on the board and falling further back. So you have just in the top 10, Denver at 9, Carolina at 8, and now Philadelphia at 6. That doesn't even get into potentially Atlanta at 4 and potentially Detroit at 7. I think Detroit's the least likely. Uh, But of course, this is not all rainbows and butterflies and sunshine and happy days because my theory, my working theory on yesterday's show, was uprooted when the news came of what the terms were for the Carson Wentz trade to Indianapolis. The Eagles did not get a second-round pick this year. They got 85 overall, and they got a conditional two next year that could become a one based on playing time slash performance for Carson Wentz, which means my objective and goal of replicating the Sam Darnold trade between the Jets and the Colts uh, in 2018 is null and void. That cannot happen. You cannot, if you're the Dolphins, in my eyes, trade back from three to six. And the only asset that you get this year is is one second round pick. I need more immediate payoff if this is a trade that I'm going to take. Uh, does not appear as though that can happen. And, and it, we might the Eagles might not even have two twos next year if Carson Wentz hits the uh, escalators necessary to move that pick from a two to a one. So Philadelphia may be sitting here looking at a first round, a second round pick this year and a second round pick next year in their asset cupboard and nothing else. So they can't even give you two, two or three twos in two years. So the win is that Philadelphia is in the market. The win is that Philadelphia is in front of a quarterback desperate team in Carolina and a team who has flirted with some upgrades in Denver. That doesn't even get into San Francisco at 12. New England at 15. Not that Miami would do business with them, most likely. And Washington at 19. And Chicago still at 20. That's the win. Is The scarcity is dialed up even further, and the Dolphins have that billion-dollar bingo chip 
that you want one of these top three quarterbacks, you're guaranteed to get it at three. That's the messaging I would continue to put out to other teams. So Chris Greer, by all means, continue to make it very well known that you guys were open for business. And I think you can reap the benefits. The bad news, of course, uh, the trade package from yesterday's show off the table. But who knew? All you had to do was ask. All you had to do was say something on Locked On Dolphins, and this deal gets done. This deal's been hanging in the breeze in limbo for three weeks. Lo and behold, gets done. Just needed us to make a show completely committed to uh, a trade package, which the Eagles did not uh, get in return. And I think that's where I'd like to, to pivot to next on today's show, is talking about uh, expectations for what Miami should get. And, and uh, depending on how far back you go, of course, the more a team would have to give you to make a trade happen. But when there is a high level of demand, your negotiations as a team should continue to say, well, Philadelphia, Carolina is offering me their two this year, their one next year, and their three next year. We understand it's only three spots, and we understand in the grand scheme of things, uh, that's that's a lot for you to give up to move up three spots. But Carolina is offering us that package. So our expectation is the only way you can make us a better offer is to give us that same offer and we go back two spots less in the order. Uh, So that's kind of how I I would expect and hope that the Dolphins start to leverage these teams and their offers against each other is take advantage of the teams a little bit further back and have them make you substantial offers, understanding they know they're going to have to overpay to get there and then bring that offer to Philadelphia. Bring the 49ers offer to Carolina. Look, we're getting offered multiple ones, uh, multiple day two picks. Guys, so so that's the price. If you want this pick, that's what you got to give us. And, and we'll take your offer because it's higher up in the draft order, so it's still a better proposal for us. But I've seen a couple trade proposals sent my way courtesy of Dolphins fans and um, they often reference the trade value chart which is great you know that is kind of the baseline that we need to be setting our expectation to but what you can't do is dial up a trade that has equal points from either side Uh, because you as the team holding the high value chip Your perspective, if I'm trading out a three, I need you to make it worth my while to move. If I get equal value to what I have at three, then I'm just moving back for the sake of moving back. So what I had done last year uh, in the buildup to the Dolphins uh, targeting and acquiring their own quarterback in Tua Tagovailoa, midseason, Dolphins had won the Jets and Colts games back-to-back weeks. I put together a story for TDN that profiled uh, each of the trades into the top five for quarterbacks in recent history. And then, you know, they're trading within the top eight, trading within the top 10, and trading within uh, the top 15 or 16. And I looked at what the point cost was for each of those trades to happen. And I'd like to kind of outline and work through some of these deals. Uh, because it gives you a really good idea of what cost, according to the trade value chart, the Dolphins should be looking for if they are indeed going to move out of the number three pick. But before we get there, today's a very special day. Uh, Bilt Bar is having a flash sale 
on their coconut puff bar. And I got sent a sample box of these uh, this past week. And if you like coconut, I got good news for you. These are for you. They are amazing. I have good news for you as well. If you don't like coconut, they're still amazing. Try it. You get a flash sale. Chocolate, marshmallow, made with premium collagen protein blend. 16 grams of protein, 130 calories, and only 6 grams of sugar per bar. Preservative-free, gluten-free, limited-time only, one-day sale. It's today. So go to BuiltBar.com and get yourself some luscious coconut puff in your life. So the Dolphins' number three overall pick. It is valued on the Jimmy Johnson trade chart at 2,200 points. The number two overall pick, the New York Jets pick, is valued at 2,600 points. The number one overall pick from Jacksonville is valued at 3,000 points. As a point of reference, the difference between Jacksonville and Miami from 3 to 1, 800 points, that is equivalent to the number 21 pick in the NFL draft. The difference between the Jets pick and the Dolphins pick, 400 points, that is equivalent to the number 50 pick in the NFL draft. The difference between Miami and Atlanta, 2,200 to 1,800, is also worth the number 50 pick in the NFL draft. The drop-off from there is about 100 points per pick for the rest of the top 10. 100 points per pick is equivalent to uh, the number 100 pick in the NFL draft. So you could see like how the exponential value there at the top uh, holds a lot of weight. And that's important for the Dolphins because, you know, at three, you start considering the drop-off. You drop one spot, your expectation for equal value is uh, a mid-second round pick. So Philadelphia, hypothetically, you're talking 600-point discrepancy. 600 points for an equal trade value is the number 31 pick in the NFL draft. So if you're going to make it worth my while, I need notable amount more than just the number or the equivalency of the number 31 overall pick. So let's look at some recent history. Let's make a deal. Recent history of trades into the top five for quarterbacks. This was written last year, uh, November of 2019. Of course, it has not changed because there were no trades into the top five for quarterbacks in the 2020 NFL draft. Let's start with the long-range trades. Two trades in recent memory since 2009 from outside the number 10 overall pick into the top five for a quarterback. They are the Rams moving up to number one overall from 16 for Jared Goff and the Jets in 2009 moving up to number five for Mark Sanchez. They jumped 12 spots to get there. What does each of these trade packages look like? Let's start with the Jets pick because that is a little more pertinent versus going up to number one overall. It's also the worst trade out of this group. Uh, The Jets gave up the 17th overall pick, their second round pick in the same year, and three veteran players. Kenyon Coleman, defensive end, Abram Elam, safety, and quarterback Brett Ratliff. Those three players plus a one and a two to move up to five to draft Mark Sanchez. Big old box of yikes. Cleveland got fleeced. 
But ironically, uh, Mark Sanchez ended up not being the franchise quarterback that uh, the Jets were hopeful for, so it ended up being a flop on both ends of the fence. Those picks combined, 17 and their second-round pick, were equal to 1,330 points. If the Dolphins walked away with anything remotely equal to that trade value, which is somewhere between the ninth and 10th overall pick. You would be crushed as a Dolphins fan. I don't care what three veteran players you got. It, it should crush you if the Dolphins did that poor of a job versus what the Browns did. Kudos to the Jets for getting a cheap deal done. You moved up 12 spots to five to draft a quarterback, and you only paid a two and three veteran players. More power to you. Here's a little bit more realistic expectation. Uh, This is from 2016. The Rams moved up from 16 to 1 to draft Jared Goff, which makes what happened with Jared Goff in Los Angeles and the subsequent trade to Detroit all that much more egregious. Uh, 2016-1, two 2016-2s, a 2016-3, a 2017-1, and a 2017-3. So in short, two ones, two twos, and two threes to move up 15 spots to number one overall to draft Jared Goff. Tennessee then parlayed a lot of those picks, trading out of one for a lot of extra draft capital and turned into quite the spider web for them. Miami's probably not going to command this level of a deal unless you're doing business with either Chicago or Washington, which is at least interesting because both of those teams... um, Chicago made the playoffs, and Washington made the playoffs, and their respective records were 8-8 eight and 7-9. Eight and seven and nine. Is there a chance either one of these teams regresses and suddenly you find yourself with a top five pick again next year, but you cashed out a three and get two ones, two twos, and two threes? Yes. Are we really interested in playing that kind of lottery game? Probably not. Would I hate it? No, I don't. Especially because if you got that level of an offer, Miami picking at three, you could go to Washington knowing they're full well that they're desperate. Uh, you know they, they were interested in Matt Stafford. Uh, I would expect they'll be interested in any significant quarterback that hits the market. Uh, Washington, hey, you know Dan Snyder. I know Ron Rivera is there now, so for the, from a decision maker perspective, it's a little different. Um, but Snyder's always been a splash owner. He'd probably green light it. Washington says, hey, you know, we got a really fierce front seven. We got some good young rookies on the team. We got Terry McLaurin. We got Antonio Gibson. We got some reasonable offensive linemen between Rulier and Brandon Scherf. If we bring him back, maybe we are a quarterback, a splash quarterback away. Maybe we can make it work. So I go to Washington, and that's 14 spots. That's less spots to go than what the Rams came up to draft Jared Goff. Now, of course, you're getting QB3, you're not getting QB1, uh, but the value of these points uh, the Rams traded were equal to 3,300 points. Uh, And that's grading on a curve because there was a future one and a future three involved. Washington also has two threes this year. They have 74 and 83. So they have 19, 51, 220, and 180 as this year's assets. 
Those assets combined, 875 for 19, 390 for 51, 220 for 74, and 180 for 82. Those add up to 1,665 points, roughly equivalent of the number six pick in the NFL draft. If you came back and you said, hey, Washington, throw in next year's one on top of that, which is, you know, if you're, you're valuing a future one, you typically put it right in the middle, consider it worth the equivalency of the number 16 pick in the draft, which would be 1,000 points. Now, all of a sudden, Washington is overpaying by 300 points on 400 points on the trade value chart, which is equivalent of a top 50 pick. Now you've made it worth my while to move. So if I'm Miami pressing Washington and, hey, you guys want to come all the way up, you know, we, we feel like there's 25 guys we got first-round grades on. We're comfortable with drafting at 18 and 19 back-to-back. We feel like we're going to get a good receiver there. We'll get a good running back there. There's good offensive linemen available. Uh, we like the depth in the first round of this year's class. We don't need the top three pick. You can get, based on historical reference from overpay, to trade out of the top 16, giving up a top five pick, you can get 19, 51, 74, 82, and next year's one if Washington is that desperate to make a deal happen. That's what I'm asking them for. I'm not asking, hey, get us equal. You know, we'll, we'll do the math with you. Uh, so, so maybe give us a one, a two, a three, and a two next year. No. You're trading up in the top five, for, top three for a quarterback. You're making it worth my while. That's the kind of package that if you're moving back to 19 or 20 with Chicago, and Chicago even has less because they don't have two threes. Chicago's got 20, 52, 83, and they've got a coach and a GM in Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy who are definitely on the hot seat. So play that against them. Hey, you know, you guys, we know you're feeling it. You swung and missed on uh, Mitchell Trubisky. What do you think about trying to, to get another quarterback to come in there instead of rolling with Nick Foles since you guys lost out on the Carson Wentz deal and uh, make some magic happen? Hey, either that or you could trade a two for Sam Darnold. You know, would you like Justin Fields, get a quarterback in here and say you can work with that player long term and build yourself some job security? Or do you want a one-year rental on Sam Darnold for a two and, and probably lose your job next year? It's how I'd approach those conversations with these teams at 18 and, or 19 and 20. If you move the scale up to between picks 7 and 10, there's one example in recent history, in the past 10 to 12 years, of a team moving up in the top five to draft a quarterback from between 7 and 10. It's Carson Wentz in 2016, the same year that the trade happened for Jared Goff. Philadelphia, this year, after moving up and doing a Mark Sanchez-type deal to move up from 13 to 8 with the Dolphins of all teams. They, they sent 13, Kiko Alonso and Byron Maxwell to move up from 13 to 8. And Miami got nothing else back to move back five spots. Philadelphia traded 8, 2016-3, 2016-4, 2017 and 2018-2 to move up six spots. Hey, Carolina, you interested in moving up for a quarterback? Because this is the cost from the eighth overall pick to move up. A one, a three, a four, next year's one, and a future two as well. So imagine you get that caliber of an offer. And then you can take that to Philadelphia and say, we don't know how desperate you are to make a deal happen, but this is the offer that's on the table for us 
from Carolina. And if you can get Philadelphia to bend and come up off of that standard that was set with the Sam Darnold trade of three twos, three twos to move back three spots versus this potential return to move back five spots, I don't know about you, but I'd rather have the assets than two spots higher in the order and get to pick between Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith, and Jalen Waddle. Detroit wants to pick in front of me, so be it. Philadelphia, I don't think you're taking a wide receiver no matter what. I'll take my choice of two out of three instead of a choice out of three and three if that's the kind of extra picks that I get. So from a price perspective, according to the trade value chart, one, three, four in 2016, a one in 2017, and a two in 2018 is the equivalency of approximately 3,101 points to move up six spots to the number two overall pick. That is 500 points surplus versus the value of just the number two overall pick. So again, the Eagles had to make it worth their while by coughing up a considerable amount extra. 500 points on the trade value chart is an equal value of a top 40 pick. So when the Rams moved up to one for Goff, it was an overpay in the equivalency of a top 50 pick. When the Eagles then subsequently moved up to two for Wentz, it was an overpay in equivalency of a top 40 pick. So if you're putting together trades, man, and you're proposing trades for the Dolphins, tack on some extra. This is the convenience fee. We're doing you a favor by moving out of three because we could stay put and pick. You got to make it worth our while. The Dolphins drive that home and the Dolphins could start getting these teams to bid against each other. We didn't even talk about Denver. We didn't even talk about Denver. Denver's got to feel the heat of knowing that Carolina, if they're desperate, is capable of making that Carson Wentz size offer. And they already know they've got to overpay because they're a spot behind Carolina in the order. You can bet your bottom dollar the Dolphins will be taking advantage of that. And they will be well publicizing what their offers are from other teams. If you yourself are interested in betting, little wordplay here, BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to get all of your online sports action fix. Football may be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV with real-time updated odds and props on almost anything that you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news stories and odds and is the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Yours truly hit on a bet placed on January 6th that if Carson Wentz was traded, uh, he's traded to the Indianapolis Colts. Nice little payout there. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts, promo code locked on. There are three trades from within the top six featuring trades for quarterback in recent history. Uh, the Sam Darnold deal, the Mitch Trubisky deal, and the RG3 deal. And you get vast degrees of differences uh, with the value of each of these picks. In all, the Jets with the Sam Darnold deal, uh, traded picks that were roughly equivalent to 3,560 points to move up to number three overall. It's an overpay of over 1,000 points. Chicago traded picks worth approximately 2,717 points to move up one spot to draft Mitch Trubisky number two overall. And then you have the RG3 trade. Washington traded picks worth approximately 
4,110 points. Reminder, the number one overall pick is worth 3,000 points. And that doesn't even get into the fact that one of Washington's future ones that they traded ended up becoming the number two overall pick. So instead of that pick being valued at 1,000 points, which is the, the average at the 16th pick when you're doing the trade in real time, but if you factor out how Washington's picks actually fell in the draft order with the, the benefit of hindsight, they traded picks worth 5,490 points, the equivalent of trading the number one and the number two overall picks combined to move up and go get RG3. So this is like desperation season, right? And unfortunately for Miami, you were probably going to see quarterbacks go one and two. So you're talking about quarterback three. If you get some insane team hell-bent on making noise, I don't think it's going to come from within the top six. So I don't think we can sit here and count on the RG3 trade. Washington was slated to pick sixth that year. So this is in the Philadelphia spot. They traded their 2012 first, their 2012 second, their 2013 first, and 2014 first to move up four spots to number two and draft RG3. I don't anticipate we're going to get anywhere level that market. I would be pissed if I was trading down and I got the Chicago package. Uh, Chicago and San Francisco flipped picks. So this would be the equivalency of Atlanta moving up from four to three. The Bears flipped three, their third and fourth round picks, and a future third round pick to exchange spots. I get it right? Like you're going to get the same player you were going to get anyway, because you'd be very candid with the team that's picking directly behind you. It's some extra, extra mid round picks. But if I'm sitting at three in this valued class, I'm not really interested in that kind of offer from Atlanta. And they've got a recent historical precedent to say, this is what it's worth. This is what we'll offer you. I'd tell them to kick rocks. And then the of course, Sam Darnold trade, which we talked at length about on yesterday's show. But even that trade, to move up to three, those picks were valued at 3,560 points. They overpaid by over 1,000 points on the trade value chart. So just bear that in mind. As you as a Dolphins fan, as you are looking to assemble the ideal trade package for your own hypotheticals, for what your standard and expectation should be for the Dolphins if they indeed do move out of this pick. Expect more than break even. Expect a lot more than break even. This team is trading up for presumably a quarterback. And you have the asset. They have to convince you it's worth your time to move out of that pick. We're not desperate. We could stay put. We could draft a wide receiver. We could draft Penny Sewell. We could do anything we want. And we're probably going to gas up Penny Sewell a whole bunch as being this great offensive lineman because if we really like him, if we think he's all that in a bag of chips, then it makes it even more pressing for you as a team looking to trade up with Miami to make it worth our while to make us trade away from a player that we love. A lot of gamesmanship this time of year. I love it. I love it. And I hope you guys will learn to love it too if you don't already. Hit subscribe on the podcast. Follow along. we got plenty of these kinds of conversations ahead. We have plenty of news to react to. We have plenty of breakdowns on the players on the roster versus the players that aren't on the roster that could improve the roster. Off-season. 
It's a tough offseason for Dolphins fans with how bitter of a season way the season ended in 2020, but this team has outperformed expectations for two consecutive years. Keep that in mind as you go into your weekend. Hope you guys enjoy it. I hope to talk to you on Monday. Kyle Krabs, thanks as always for listening. Keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins.